0: Welcome to another episode of In Reserve, the Prosperity Podcast, where we focus on all things to do with the Reserve Protocol Stablecoin. My name is Michael, and I'll be your host. Are you ready? Let's get started. First, a word from our sponsors, Recursive and Joe and Kit. Recursive connects applications so your critical data is available exactly where you need it. They can sync any apps in the cloud or hosted on your site, making your data more useful and visible to your teams. Visit recursive.com for more details. That's r-e-c-u-r-s-y-v.com. recursive. Data where you want it. Mention the podcast or RSR for 20% off your subscription. Also, if you're an entrepreneur or small business looking to outsource your bookkeeping or need help understanding your financial situation, joe and kit has just the solution for you they provide a wide range of services from bookkeeping to tax advice for businesses and crypto to financial analysis to implementing business operating systems such as eos and lean six sigma visit joeandkit.com today j-o-e-a-n-d-k-i-t.com and mention the podcast for your first month free On this episode of the podcast, we've got a rising star in the Venezuelan reserve community, one of the smartest rangers out there, as she's a neurosurgeon and a member of the Reserve Ranger program, which we'll get to later on in the podcast. Dr. Sasha, welcome, Sasha. How are you? Hi,
1: Ernie. Hi, Ernie. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast.
0: No worries. It's just an honor. Yeah, no worries. Just a little briefer on what this podcast is about for those of you guys new listening. I started it in hopes to build community, as well as help people and myself learn and understand the project more. Part of community building was getting to know some of the bigger members of the reserve space better and getting to know them a little bit outside of crypto. So with that in mind, I think a great starting point would be to getting to know you, Sasha, better. If you'd like to give the listeners just a quick introduction about yourself for those who don't already know you, and we can kind of start from there.
1: Okay, thank you, Ernie. My name is Sasha Antunes, I'm 33 years old and I live in Maracay, Venezuela. Maracay is a very, very nice valley, okay. We live uh, right behind the mountains and the Caribbean Sea is really, really close to, to where I live. So we have the best beaches in the world right here. I hope you can come one day and visit. I'm a medical doctor and I have specialized in neurosurgery. So this is my my field of work uh, in medicine. Uh, I've been a neurosurgeon since uh, 2019. So I've been working for about two years now. Uh, I went to college when I was 17. I started uh, studying medicine and I graduated about um, uh, 2011. So I've been in medicine around 10, 12 years. So awesome. this, the, yeah, this is what I've been doing as a living, for a living. So uh, I've been working as a neurosurgeon since 19, uh, I'm sorry, since 2019. And I'm a mom since uh, 2017. My son is around three years old so I got married and I'm almost four years married I'm a full-time mom and I have become a preschool teacher since the pandemic so you can say I'm a neurosurgeon I'm a full-time mom and I'm a housekeeper and well I'm a research ranger so you got the whole package
0: You've got a very, very busy life. So I want to thank you for taking some time out of what I can imagine to be a very busy schedule uh, to join us on the podcast today. Uh, there's a lot to kind of wrap my head around. First thing I want to ask is, um, were you were you born in Venezuela? So kind of born and raised um, and still there?
1: Yeah, I was born and raised here in Venezuela. So I've been living here in Maracay my whole life.
0: Awesome. And uh, what made you want to go into uh, being a doctor? So in the sciences, uh, was it something you had always been interested in or uh, what made you want to take that path, that career path?
1: Well, since I was a little girl, I used to uh, give my dolls shots and put, put them cast in their, <laughs> in, in their arms because they were injured. So I think, I don't know, I had it in me the whole time my mom is a doctor uh, she's a doctor too so I used to color her uh, anatomy books
0: <laughs> oh so, nice
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it ha- is something that has been in, in me since, since always so I can't imagine my life being different
0: so it's very interesting that you were able to find something uh to make a career out of that you had such a big interest uh in as a as a child, which is very cool to see. Um, Tell me a little bit about the schooling process. How hard was was medical school? Um, Was it a lot of studying? Uh, How did you find that process?
1: Well, I think medical school in any country, it's difficult because you have to study for six years here in Venezuela and medicine is six years career. So you need to study for a lot of time and you have to pass like uh first all the basics and then you have to go to the hospital so you can put in practice everything that you have learned so yeah it's it's hard but you can do it
0: yeah (laughs) i don't think i can personally do it maybe (laughs) some people listening out there can Uh, but it seems like a lot of hard work and you're right um the first part in school And then obviously, I don't want somebody doing operations that has just read it from a textbook. They need to actually practice it and and, and do all that and and work with um, some more experienced doctors um, through their practicum and kind of learning uh, uh, that process uh, before being a a full-time doctor. So that's really cool that you've been able to go through the process. Um, So you talk about how you've been a neurosurgeon since 2019. Um, Yes. Uh, what part of neurosurgery interests you, and and do you perform surgeries on a regular basis?
1: Yeah, uh, I work at a public hospital, so a lot of surgeries uh, are going. Are, are we we perform a lot of surgeries there because uh, private practice is very expensive here. So mostly uh, patients go to the hospital so they can get medical attention so we do a lot of surgeries yes in public especially but yeah i get the the chance to help people so it's fun to open skulls for a living
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and you're not scared about any of the blood or any of that because obviously when
1: no no okay
0: that's good because that's (laughs) that That is the reason why I didn't want to be a doctor was all that stuff really scares me and grosses me out.
1: No, you get used to it. So uh, that's part of of why I'm doing this because I I love it. I don't have any problems watching the blood or anything. (laughs) You just get used to it and then it becomes your way of living.
0: Right, right. That's, that's 100% true. And uh, you've been able to kind of juggle um, raising a, a young child uh, being, a, I guess you had mentioned you were a preschool teacher as well. Is it just kind of during COVID or how did that, that come about?
1: No, I just had to take that job because my son, he's in preschool, so someone has to take care of him. And his education, because here, in Venezuela, with the pandemic, uh, schools have been shut down since March last year. So it's more than a year without school opening their 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 doors. Right. Imagine a child not not going to school for more than a year. It's hard. Yeah,
0: that's very that's very difficult. I guess I don't think about it that way because here, and I live in Canada. Uh, we've been fortunate enough that uh, people can't go to school, but they've had online classes. Right. And obviously I'm assuming that technology is, is, is not available in Venezuela. So it's up to parents to try to keep their kids, not even just like when they're that young, uh, the education part is, uh, is obviously important, but it's just kind of almost babysitting, right. <laughs> you just send them there Most. and they, yeah. And they learn how to play. They learn how to, um, I guess, talk to other kids, make friends, all that social aspect. Right. Um, Life, life lessons there in terms of learning how to share, learning how to uh, play with other kids uh, and interact with them, um, that they're missing that experience. And and it's very, very unfortunate. Um, how has COVID been, been like in, in Venezuela?
1: Well, one of the most important aspects of the pandemic here in Venezuela is the, the health crisis. We have been living for a few, well, uh, Yeah, a few years now, because our hospitals are very collapsed, even without the pandemic. So the situation has made uh, doctors, nurses, resign their jobs because it's too much. It's just too much. And well, people, when they go to the hospital, they need to acquire their uh, the material, the medicines, everything here in Venezuela, where we have a very, very deep crisis—not just the pandemic, but before the pandemic hit us, we were already in a crisis. So what besides, you- uh, well, I don't, I don't treat uh, COVID patients directly because it's not my expertise, but. I can tell you, the pandemic has hit us hard economically, socially, and mentally. As you, as we were saying, uh, kids are missing school. Uh, people have lost have lost their jobs because the quarantine restrictions. Uh, twenty twenty was a horrible year for everyone. Uh, businesses went out of business, so. Uh, it's not just a, a health crisis here in venezuela but it's a very very deep crisis
0: yeah and that's uh, unfortunately kind of the same across the world obviously there are some places like venezuela who get hit harder than than other places um, I want to circle back to you talking about uh, the medical crisis there. Um, if you want to kind of explain that just a little bit more, is that because there just isn't enough government funding, or there isn't enough funding and and supplies for uh, for doctors and surgeons and, and medical staff to do their jobs properly, or or, or what what is going on there?
1: Well, on uh, specialists or. I don't know how you call it uh, there in Canada. A doctor that has to specialize in in a medical area.
0: Yep, I still think. a specialist as well.
1: Okay, well, we make about I don't know sixty dollars a month. Around that's our our salary. So this is a very underpaid job. I don't know if it's because not enough government funding or any other causes, but resources don't get to the hospital. And that affects how people are getting their medical attention. Because if someone enters through the hospital door, through the emergency, the doctor there, the one that, that is on, on, on call, it's going to tell you well you need to go outside and do your exams here no we have no x-ray we have no ct no mri no scan so you have to do everything outside the hospital because here we don't have anything to offer so it's hard
0: yeah it's and then- hard
1: to be a patient here in venezuela
0: Right. And then those patients probably don't have, as you were saying earlier, enough money to get all those CTs and and x-rays at those private clinics in order to figure out what is actually wrong um, before you go to the hospital and get treated otherwise, um, which can be very difficult. And also you were mentioning, um, $60, uh, uh, as a salary, um, which doesn't seem very high, um, I don't really have much context in terms of what other jobs in, in Venezuela would make. But it doesn't—it doesn't seem that high, um, and there's probably a lot of stress that goes with it. So a lot of people probably don't think that it's worth the amount of stress and the long hours, um, and, and just the frustration, um, and decide to do something easier, um, which is which is a shame because any country is going to need a lot of doctors and a lot of doctors that can do the job very well in order to take care of its, um, its population. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a shame. Um, anyways, uh, transitioning, uh, let's talk about crypto. Um, how did you get into crypto? Um, what was the first crypto you heard about? And uh, when did this all start for you?
1: Okay, my husband got me into crypto. <laughs> so he, he was the first enthusiast here in, in this relationship so he got me into crypto and we got in in 2019 the first crypto i ever heard was obviously uh, bitcoin because well it's the king so and then i started hearing about ethereum and everything that went behind it so we bought crypto in 2019 we got Bitcoin at its highest and then we lived through the big correction for about 75%. So we just huddle and we live through it, then we lived through the corona dump so that was hard too. But this bullish run has been very very exciting i don't think it's ever gonna end because all you have to do is have uh, a lot of patience
0: yeah Uh, yeah i I totally agree (laughs) (laughs) i hope it never ends um and and you're right uh, hopefully there's going to be some dips and there'll be some some cycles which will make sense but i don't hopefully we never see bitcoin in in the four four digit range hopefully it never gets lower than ten thousand. if it even gets that close um but i do agree it's going to cycle uh where did you buy your your first crypto oh in
1: 2019
0: oh so where where um did you use binance or how did you how did you buy it
1: my husband used to uh, he, he, he used to do it on local between but okay, so, okay i gotcha to to, to that's it's too hard. He, so,
0: how did you? I don't uh,
1: know. It, it, it implies too many people. So, he's, he just thought it wasn't secure enough. So, we just uh, put our huddlings in UPO and it has worked for us right now.
0: Nice. How did you uh, find reserve?
1: Well, That's a very interesting story because my husband got me into reserve too. So we were trying to find another way to put our crypto out of the wallet so we could turn it into fiat, but we didn't find anything good enough. So he was looking on the internet for a way to exchange our crypto without any intermediary. So he found reserve. We were using local Bitcoin, RTN, and Uphol, but obtaining fiat in Venezuela, it, it, it used to be a little harder than, than it is now. So we investigated and then we downloaded the app last year, by the way, and then we started stalking the community manager because to get in, you needed to win a contest in the social media. So we started doing the contest every week, every week until one day, the last day they told us that, okay, okay, you can get in. So we started using reserve. Uh, last year in November.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> so basically, um, it, uh, and for those of you guys listening, who, who are just recent Rangers, uh, or don't really understand, um, before, I guess they're still currently in beta, but now they're giving out a lot more invitations. Um, last year when they were first opening the app, they would literally limit the amount of people who could use it to people who just entered contests on social media, on Twitter. Um, and you would win entries into the app. Um, and, and I guess what Sasha was saying was that uh, she and her husband basically annoyed the, the, uh, the, the community manager yeah. so much to the point where um, they just gave up and gave you guys a couple of, <laughs> of invitations to get in, which is awesome. Because um, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure it's probably changed your life quite a bit in terms of how you're able to accumulate and save up money. Um, and, and obviously, you found it to be, be very beneficial because you are now a very big um, person in, in Venezuelan uh, reserve uh, community, and, and you speak very highly of it. Um, so maybe explain to us the first experience you had with the app and, um, and how that has uh, changed uh, and how that's gotten a lot better um, now.
1: Well, remember that I told you that last year was horrible, right? Yes. Yep. Thanks to the quarantine and pandemic. Well, thanks to reserve, I started saving. Something that I didn't, I wasn't able to do before, I don't know, about four years. So I started saving my bolivars, you know, that here in Venezuela use bolivars. And then I started converting everything into reserve, so it was a big, big advantage because I was able to save my money. And I don't remember my first transaction, but I think it was so great that I started convincing everyone to do the contest with me, <laughs> so so they can so so they could get access too. So. My husband and I, we were able to convert a lot of people before the invitations and before the program. So, I am a ranger since last year.
0: And that's a that's very crucial too, right? As you mentioned, uh, with COVID, um, the economic conditions in Venezuela have obviously gotten a lot worse, um, especially with everything on lockdown and a lot of stuff being closed and the ability to basically almost get a tiny bit ahead of that and to start saving money earlier, um, is definitely a huge advantage and it's put you, um, and, and other reserve Rangers in a lot better spot than you might've been had you only been able to hold boulevards. Uh, so it's, a, uh, it's very awesome. And I'm sure a lot of your friends are very thankful that you got them onto reserve earlier. Uh, do you know uh, Do you know a lot of people that are on the Reserve app as well? Or are there a lot of your friends who still have not heard about Reserve? Um, How many people there actually know about Reserve?
1: Well, if you ask my family or my friends, they all use it because I took care of that. (laughs) But you can get people asking, what is Reserve or, excuse me, how do you do that? People get interested when they start listening about it. So right now, it's like in stealth mode because uh, there are no marketing. There is no marketing right now. It's only word of mouth. So people are getting interested.
0: Right. It's very. uh, It's very uh, awesome to see how much it's growing. Um, just from word of mouth. Um, And I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the past week, ever since they opened up the invitations again, uh, the Reserve app has gone uh, up the rankings in the Google Play Store and is uh, number one, if not a top three finance app and also top 20, an overall app. So um, there's a lot of interest. And it's really interesting for you uh, to say that um, there's basically zero marketing and they're about to start marketing pretty soon in a couple of weeks, um, and it'll be very intriguing to see how many people then start to pick it up, um, because I think it can be used in a lot of places, especially in Venezuela, to, to help the, the local people there, um, especially during a tough time like COVID, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think you run a, uh, a private clinic that accepts reserve, uh, or RSV. Um, a- am I correct on that?
1: Well, it's not a private clinic uh, per se. It's, let's say, a group of doctors that specialize in everything uh, for neurological patients. So we are four neurosurgeons, one psychiatrist, one psychologist. We have physical therapy. We have uh, yeah, that's about it. But we specialize in everything that has to do with neurological conditions. So it's like a mini clinic. Uh, It's our private practice. And we all have our reserve accounts. And we accept reserve as a payment method, method uh, for our patients. And we are offering right now a 10% discount on patients that pay their consults with reserve.
0: That's really cool. And have you had any people come in and, and pay with reserve?
1: Yeah, and people that see the, the sign on the entrance and they get interested so i've had consults consultations and patients that at the end we end up doing financial uh, advice so you right. get <laughs> you, you you get neurological attention and you get financial advice
0: too so <laughs> two in one <laughs> two for the price of one and exactly. you could potentially get 10% off
1: <laughs> yeah patients get interested so if they haven't heard of of it before they do and they get interested they ask me please doctor can you invite me i got i got the app but i cannot use it so i end up inviting my own patients to use the app and at the end they they benefit from our discount
0: right that's that's fantastic and and you benefit from the fact that they're paying you in RSV and you don't have to convert any of the boulevards or carry all of that amounts around with you to go find somewhere to, to, to transact it. Um, so it's, it's kind of a win-win on both sides.
1: Um, exactly. It's where, a win-win situation.
0: Yes. And, uh, where you're from, uh, are there a lot of other businesses that accept reserve as well?
1: Well, I, I try to convince my favorite businesses. So Each time I buy something, I present them the the app. So they get interested, so they can start doing their own research. And we are working on it. There are a lot of rangers that are doing the same, trying to get people excited into using the app because it has a lot of benefits, especially for Venezuelan uh, businesses or Small businesses that, well, they transact in bolivars every day, and they have to protect their incomes. So we are working on it. But yeah, I have made uh, some purchases here. I have bought food, uh, clothing. We are we are getting people into it. So.
0: Nice. And uh, would you say that uh, obviously not every business is accepting reserve because as you had mentioned, they haven't done marketing yet. And there's still a lot of people who don't know about it. Um, would you say it's possible right now in your city to live just paying through the reserve app? So I'm able to, as you mentioned, you can get food, you can get clothing. Can I just live if I only paid in the reserve app and never paid with boulevards again?
1: Well, you have to pay services so maybe you will have to convert a part so you can pay for right public services services. right exactly but you can get food you can get uh, products and you can get clothes so basically yeah you could live here using only research
0: nice and have you seen that there's been a lot of growth in, in reserve lately um, and a lot of more people um, paying attention to it lately as compared to um, 2020 or even 2019. Has it, have you found that the last maybe um, six months it's grown quite a bit?
1: Yeah, because uh, the community has gotten bigger. I get at least two people a day are asking me the people that don't even know me, they're asking me, how does it work? Where can I download it? How can I get an invitation? So yeah, and I, th- I have some numbers right here. So just about the social networks, uh, TikTok has uh, 126K followers, Instagram, 29K, Twitter, 38K followers. So. It's
0: growing bigger. Yeah, I've definitely seen that from from the social media standpoint Um, with with Ola Reserve and uh, on Twitter just getting bigger and bigger uh, a lot faster. And it seems like uh, I believe it was March March of this year when they opened up the app. And so anybody in Venezuela could go onto the app store, download it, and then join the program without needing an invitation. And I think that brought in a lot more people and then a lot more excitement. And then they had to close it for a bit because they couldn't catch up from the customer service and support side. So they had to close it for a a couple of months to to try to hire more people. And then now they're giving invitations out and starting to open up again um, and then starting marketing pretty soon. So I think it's very exciting. Um, And I think it's only going to grow a lot faster and faster, um, which is a good segue. I want to talk about some of the marketing side, and and you're actually a big part of that um, in this thing called the the Reserve Ranger program. So you had mentioned yes. that you're, you're part of the program. Uh, do you mind explaining? Uh, because I had never actually heard about this before. Do you mind explaining to us what the Reserve Ranger program is?
1: Okay, it is called the Ola Ranger program, and it is a voluntary program. Okay, we are volunteers, and in this program, we are helping others fight hyperinflation so we provide support and we contribute with new and old users so we can create community and of course uh, so we can help them uh, use the app in their normal lives and of course uh, businesses anything anyone that is interested well we try to help them understand how the app works and what functions, can, can it perform? We are also studying, so we are getting prepared to, let's say our missions. So we are doing courses like crypto, or learning about crypto to understand all the protocol because Reserve is not only an app, it's a whole protocol and it's difficult to understand. If you don't know crypto, you are not going to understand. So they are preparing us basically to help people. And we get a lot of meetings. We are constantly thinking about how to how to come up with new ways to help others, how we can create community, how, uh, well, anything that can help this, this community grow. So, we are taking uh, a lead part in helping others use reserve, basically, to protect their money from devaluation.
0: That's awesome. Um, how many people are part of this uh, OLA Reserve Ranger Program?
1: We are 40, 40 people uh, in total, and we are just about everywhere in venezuela so here in the city we are four and in the capital there, are there they are more so we are in yeah we we are in in the whole country
0: nice that's awesome so it's everybody in uh venezuela around venezuela and uh, i guess you get directed people so if somebody is uh is looking to learn more about reserve or if they have a couple questions um they're able to send them off to you and then you would then help them answer or help them kind of onboard and and, and start using the app if they do have an invitation but they don't know how to use it.
1: Exactly we we are we are getting invitations weekly so I can help anyone get any if they're interested so
0: Oh, awesome. So, if anybody is listening to this and they're in Venezuela and they don't have a current invitation, what they should do is shoot you a message or DM you and you do have some invitations that you can give out.
1: Exactly. If I don't have more invitation, uh, there are other rangers that I'm sure do. So, we are eager to help.
0: Awesome. So, if you're listening to this and you're in Venezuela and you have not gotten an invitation to start using the reserve ranger program or reserve ranger app yet uh, what you should do is you should contact sasha on twitter and uh just like how she did with the community manager when she was first starting out <laughs> yeah. you got a her every single day even if she runs out of uh out of invites and she, even if she doesn't answer just keep messaging every day and eventually <laughs> you're going to get yourself into the app <laughs>
1: yeah I can find, if if I don't, if I can help myself, I can find someone that surely will.
0: Right. That's awesome. Um, fantastic. And I think you're doing, and, and you and the other 40 uh, people as part of this program, who, as you had mentioned, are all volunteers, are doing some absolutely fantastic work. Um, and it's really good that uh, good for you that you've taken this on, and, and we're very thankful that you have. Um, especially when you talk about all of the other things you're currently doing right now, <laughs> that you've taken extra time to, um, to 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 do this as well. Uh, is your husband as involved in in reserve and in, and in crypto as you are? Because as you had mentioned, he was the one who got you into all of this. Um, is he also as enthusiastic and as excited as you?
1: Well, he's not part of the program, but he he does some activities with me we try to help people understand the app uh, invite others so he he's not as enthusiastic as me but yeah he is helping me uh, and awesome. we were buying clothes the the other day so he he started convincing the the store manager and we he even uh taught him how to use the app so he helps me <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice uh, that's that's very He's good helping us yeah <laughs> um and then one more thing i guess uh i, I want to ask you about this and um, if anybody is on the fence listening in venezuela um about using the app or not um, can you explain why somebody should use Reserve and what it will do to change their life if they are currently living in Venezuela? Why should I use the app if I am in Venezuela right now?
1: Well, uh, the Reserve app is actually solving problems right now. So, uh, normal problems that normal people have here in Venezuela. So, uh, you can make quick and easy payments. Mm-hmm payments between users are immediate and they don't you cannot undo the transaction so it's secure you can pay another user in about five seconds you can send money in five seconds so that's awesome here in Venezuela we have we have a very very serious cash and change problem if you go to a store and they don't have change or they just, just don't want to give it to you, you have to expand the whole bill. Uh, for example, you go with a 20 bill and you want to buy something that costs $13, but they don't have change. So they will make you expand the whole bill. So with reserve, that. Uh, the cash and change problems are gone because you can pay the exact amount that you're going to spend. If you live in Venezuela, you are very, very familiar with devaluation. Two weeks ago, $1 cost about 3 million bolivars. Right now it costs about 4 million. So it's something that happens very quickly. You have an amount of Bolivars today, and tomorrow you are going to get less for your money. So you can protect your money for from devaluation using the reserve app because you can change your money into a stable currency that will not devaluate. You don't need to have a bank account to uh, to receive dollars because you can do you can do that just using the app and then you can use your dollars any way you can, any yeah any way you can and mostly with the reserve app i think it's a bridge between the crypto world and the fiat world so if you can if you want to turn your crypto into fiat you can use reserve as a bridge and then you can use your money anywhere any way you, you want
0: That's fantastic, I, I mean, if I could use the Reserve app where I am right now, um, I think we've got a lot of people here living in Canada, United States, in, in Europe, that would be very much happy to use that. Um, and, and I think if I was in Venezuela, that would be a no brainer for me to try to get an invitation to get onto the app um, and, to, and to start trading. Because as you said, um, $1 equaling 3 million, and then now $1 equaling 4 million, um, it seems like the the hyperinflation, or uh, is is uh, or as you say devaluation, is is moving really fast, um, and it's uh, it's kind of scary. Um, and if anybody even has uh, kids or or some people that younger people that they care about, such as yourself. Um, you want to at least try to save some money that, that you earn um, to give to your kids so that they also have a, a, a bright future and, and hopefully a better future than, than you do. Um, and this is one way to kind of start doing that. So um, I think hopefully a lot of people are going to be uh, using the app. A lot of people have already started uh, and that hopefully it changes a lot of people's lives.
1: Yeah. And well, you can do transference within seconds, only with a username. You don't need anything else. So if Sasha wants to transfer money to Ernie, she only needs to know his username, that's all.
0: Right, and that's a lot of privacy and also um, just in case none of your confidential information goes out there, right? And somebody steals it or something like that. So that's very, very, very awesome. Um, Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with regards to uh, the Reserve app before we wrap this up? Okay, well.
1: Yeah, I have some thoughts about Reserve. Well, after getting access, of course, I started doing my own research. So I found that Reserve was a lot bigger than the thing that it appears to be, because it appears to be a simple app, but it is not. It's a project. So it's a crypto project. And I have to say that Reserve has taken adoption here in Venezuela to a whole new level because people that have never, ever heard of crypto or using it. So I think that's big, not only for reserve, but but for the crypto world, because I don't think there's a level of of adoption like that, except for, of course, El Salvador, where Bitcoin is already legal in other countries. But here in Venezuela, never, ever we have seen something like that. So what I think right now is that reserve, it's bigger than what it appears to be because that's the word for me, adoption. They are doing what the crypto world has ever dreamed and it's adoption, getting the crypto world in the most needed uh, people in the world. So I think everyone has the right to have access to a stable money, a stable coin that can be resistant to any uh, conditions in the economic. So, I think it is very important what they are doing.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it's fantastic, and uh, I think that's also very important because the other day I was thinking about this, and um, I was thinking about the future of this of this project. Uh and, and I thought to myself, okay, well, there are also other projects right now out there that are um that are using or that are implementing a decentralized stablecoin. So one of the ones that comes to mind is is Terra and and this uh this governance token or this balancing token called Luna, which is pretty big, and their stablecoin UST. And I thought to myself, okay they're doing it, but but what makes Reserve different? And I circled back to what makes Reserve different is that they're out there right now targeting the people who need it the most, right? A lot of these other projects out there are, hey, we're going to build it and let people come to us. Whereas Reserve goes, we're going to build it and we're going to take it to the people who need it the most. And uh, as we found right now, uh, a lot of the times people who need it the most are also people who are going to be most scared to use crypto i mean i live in canada and i can think of a lot of people who are scared to use crypto right now because it's uncomfortable they don't quite understand it and it seems very difficult to learn from their perspective but what reserve has done is they've made it as easy as possible for somebody to download an app Um, you don't need to know anything about crypto to use the app and it's very basic for somebody to use and and they're able to get the benefits um, from it that way so when when I think about the differences between reserve and other projects trying to do the same thing that's kind of the first thing I think about and that's a great point that you just made in terms of them going out there and trying to get adoption in these places that need it the most and having people on the ground such as yourself um, to go out there and spread the word and show other people how to use it and to kind of talk almost neighbor to neighbor about the benefits and, and how it's changed your life and how it's helped you. And that obviously makes it a lot easier for somebody when they hear it from a local person or a neighbor uh, or a business owner talk about, hey, um, if you use this, I'll give you 10% off, or this is how I've used it and how it has affected my life. Um, it's a lot easier to uh, to get adoption and to have people using it that way. So I think that's a that's a very fantastic point that you just made. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about?
1: Yeah, I see more adoption in the future. So <laughs> yeah. more people getting into crypto without even knowing.
0: Do so. you think it'll be fast? Um, when we talk about sort of in the future um, and let's say Venezuela and, and crypto and, and maybe reserve uh, specifically, do you think uh, it'll, it'll be pretty fast adoption coming up pretty soon? Or do you think it's going to take a couple of years uh, maybe five years, maybe 10 years. How fast do you think the adoption is going to happen?
1: Well, it depends on how bad things are going to get here, because if they get really, really bad, maybe this will take much less time than, than what we think. But I think in about two years, maybe, because I'm only... Uh, I've been only here I've been here for only a few months and I've seen them grow so I will give I will give it a, yeah about a couple of years more. yeah that's to awesome this, to, to see this whole adoption going on but I see I think this year is very important. What's going to happen this year is very very important because, we have seen the, the the massive of of this. So no no marketing, only invitations and well, it's the number one app. So
0: yeah, that's if fantastic. The
1: marketing, if the marketing comes in, maybe we can see some big, big results. So I do have hope that more adoption is coming in.
0: Very, very, very exciting. Um, do you have any thoughts about uh, what the government has has been doing? Uh, do they know what reserve is? And what are the chances that the government tries to stop this from happening or stop more adoption from happening?
1: Yeah, there are some laws out there that are trying to uh, limit the activity of fintechs and some companies that, are similar to reserve, but I think reserve has its own jurisdiction, you can say, because the crypto war is so much more than just the economic aspects of a country. So I, I see it different just because it's a crypto project. and the crypto world was designed to uh, secure people regardless of the economical situation they're living so i think this is like a shield for the people's money it doesn't matter what the government thinks people are still going to protect their money using crypto and reserve is a great option because of the fundamentals and their way of seeing the, the, the people. Just like you said, they are coming here where the most needed people are and they are getting into their lives. So I see it different.
0: Yeah, it's uh, definitely much more different than something like say Bitcoin. Um, which doesn't really have a a team that's out there in Venezuela building trust and talking to the people there and and trying to help them get on board, Um, which isn't, it's not the purpose of of what Bitcoin was created for, right? Um, And and Reserve has a different purpose. And it's good to see that they've built out a team um, and and that they're, they're doing a great job spreading the word, word of mouth right now in Venezuela. And I'm very excited for what you guys, I'm going to say you guys, because you're part of that as well, what you guys have in store in terms of uh, when you guys do start the marketing process and and start to become more involved in spreading the word, um, what that's all going to look like, and the amount of people it's going to bring into the app. Um, Are there any other points that you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, as you might know, the app, it's working on weekends. So that's the big news this week because it was working Monday to Friday from 6am to uh, midnight. Now users can do their transactions from Monday to Sunday and weekends from 6am to 6pm. So that's the big news this, this weekend. People yeah. are getting excited and grateful because you can use your money now. You can, you can do external transactions now on weekends too.
0: Which is, uh, which is awesome because as you had mentioned earlier with the hyperinflation of, of boulevards, if you get some boulevards on Friday and you have to wait until Monday to be able to convert them into RSV or into the app, um, there might be a bit of a, an exchange rate difference uh, when you are able to do so. And now they have longer hours than, than any, any banks that I know. Um, so you're able to transfer money, you're able to um, convert money, um, longer hours than, than what you normally would be able to. And I think for them, uh, I think a goal of theirs in the future is to be able to start doing this 24-7 so that you're able to do it anytime you want, anywhere, um, and at your own convenience. But it is very exciting that you guys can now do it on a weekend.
1: Yeah, that's one of the main goals to gradually implement external operations so they can fully function 24 seven. So people can have access to their money anytime they want.
0: Yeah, and that's the way it should be, right? It is your own money. You should be able to access it anytime you want instead of them telling you what time you're able to and you having to wait or, or kind of, work around their schedule.
1: Yeah, but it's going to happen gradually because, well, they need to train people and human attention is a very important thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. You don't want to open up the app and then have people not very happy with their experience using the app and then no longer using it again. Right. So you definitely want to make sure that you've got enough, um, human intention, human attention, attention, or customer service, um, to help People work through their issues or or work through trying to get certain things done through the app.
1: Exactly. So soon enough, we will have the app twenty four seven. But you can do uh, transactions between users, so that's nice too. So
0: yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> very awesome. Yeah,
1: you can do it. You can do them twenty four seven. So
0: nice. That's uh that's very good. Um. And hopefully, a lot more people start to pay each other this way instead of uh, through boulevards, um, and 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 we get more adoption that way. Um, yeah,
1: it's awesome to get paid through reserve. I can't tell you that.
0: Yeah, I can. I can only imagine. I can only yeah. imagine. Any other points that you want to bring up before we wrap this up?
1: Well, you asked me for an advice.
0: Yes, I was going to talk about that next. So um, yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's wrap it up now. Um, uh, and I like to wrap it up with a couple questions at the very end for all of my guests. Um, and the first one is uh, the best piece of advice you've ever received.
1: Yeah, my dad used to say, you only take with you what you have enjoyed, eating or dance. So if you're not enjoying what you do in this life, then this life isn't worth it and money isn't worth it but because if you're not enjoying what you're getting in this life what you're doing if you're not doing good things if you're not helping others then what you're doing is just not worth it so that's the best advice i have ever gotten
0: very 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 well said and i think a lot of times I myself and a lot of people I know struggle to to do that, and we do a lot of things that we don't really enjoy. Um, uh, but it's always good to keep that in mind. Um, and then the second piece uh, the second piece I want to ask you is what is the best book you've ever read?
1: Oh, I think it's uh, Interview with the Vampire from Anne Rice. I, I... have a dark side. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was going to say, I've never heard of that, but it sounds very interesting. Yeah,
1: there is a movie with um, Brad Pitt and, oh man, I forgot the name.
0: So this is actually a pretty big movie then, if it's got Brad Pitt in it.
1: Yeah, it was big. Uh, His partner was.
0: I'm sure sure the listeners can probably look it up. How long ago was
1: this? Uh in the nine 1990s. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. So it's uh it's quite a it's quite a while but, back.
1: <laughs> but the book it's older, so I read it when I was a kid and it well I bought the whole <laughs> I bought the whole collection. So
0: nice, nice. Uh, I'll have to check that out and I'm sure some of our listeners will probably want to check that out um as well. Uh Sasha, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, one last thing before we go, um, I want to give you just a couple seconds to let people know if they want to reach out to you or if they have any questions. Um, how can they contact you?
1: Okay. Well, they can find me on Twitter. At D R A. Uh, how do you say that little
0: underscore. So D R A. Underscore.
1: Yeah. D R A underscore sasha neuro uh it's in spanish so it's doctora neuro (laughs) (laughs) yeah because uh that's my let's say my professional account just i just use it so people get to know research and my job as a doctor too so it's in Spanish, so the first three letters is D-R-A, that's doctora, so I mean doctor. And if you have any doubts, you can find me also on Instagram. Basically the same name, but not an underscore, but a dot. D-R-A dot Sasha Neuro.
0: Awesome. Um, And for those of you guys uh, who are looking to reach out to her, I will also have um, both of those contacts in the show notes as well. So you can just kind of click there and you'll be able to click through to get to the Twitter and, uh, and the Instagram, if you'd like. Um, Sasha, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Uh, Really, really awesome to hear um, a different perspective of somebody using reserve right now and what it's like in Venezuela in terms of adoption and, and the future of Reserve there. Um, and uh, I wanna thank you again for, for coming on and uh, I look forward to talking to you and hopefully most of our Rangers will talk to you more um, through social media and, and get to know you more as um, Reserve starts its marketing efforts and, and you guys start to ramp up towards the end of this year.
1: Thank you so much, Ernie. This has been a complete honor.
0: I hope you're able to get lots of value from this podcast. And as always, if you're interested in reaching out to me, you can contact me on Twitter at my personal account at RSR Ernie or the podcast account at InReservePod. And if you don't have Twitter, you can shoot me an email at InReservePodcast at gmail.com or feel free to join our RSR Rangers Discord channel uh, in the invite link attached in the show notes below. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you on the next podcast.